Welcome to Rooster and the Devil, where we give you the American's perspective on English Premier League soccer, with hosts Brad Tyndall, Jimmy Karn, and Mike Steenstra. All right, all right, all right. So, welcome back to uh, yet another episode of the podcast. Uh, Tonight, it'll just be myself and the one, the only, Brad Tyndall. Bradley, how's it going, buddy? It's going good, man. Going good. Happy for the Prem to come back. And uh, we are remiss if we don't say we will miss our ringleader, Mike Steenstra. He is out this week, day-to-day. Has to be evaluated probably over the weekend, and we'll see if he can play next Tuesday. But he's out for this week with a illness. Indeed. Indeed. He is our, uh, um, in in Spursy terms, he is kind of our Christian Erickson, right? He's our uh, midfield uh, maestro. Yeah. If you will. Um kind of keeps us on point. So hopefully we uh we don't uh get <laughs> don't get lost wandering around in the desert here during this podcast. No guarantees. Yeah, and thanks in advance, Michael, for uh for editing this. We appreciate it. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you listen to us ramble for the next uh uh forty five minutes to an hour or so. That's right. Alright, so um let's uh um you want to start out with a little bit of U.S. men's national team? I know the game's going on right now, um, the second uh, friendly. Yeah. Um, did you did you get a chance uh, to watch the first game? I watched probably half of the of the match um, against Ecuador and fired it back on when I saw the goal, which was pretty late, if I recall. Um, go in and yeah, j- just ho hum seems to be the same ish style. Again, we t- we covered at length the disturbing feelings that we have about uh not seeing some of the younger internationals included in the squad um but obviously got the win one nil it was a very ugly goal jim i i i didn't actually watch the highlights of it i didn't watch the game i didn't watch the highlights um i'm not trying to be like anti uh u.s men's national team i just I, I find it. I found it very uninteresting, uninspired. So I didn't watch it, and that's probably my fault. I should have. I did hear it was gross. Um, Zardes, right? Z- that, Zardes that got the goal. Eighty-first minute, and it was just like hit it into the keeper, and it toppled over some people and bounced into the goal. It was about the ugliest goal that you could have, but it was a goal and ended up being a win, I suppose. So I. Uh, um, I know you said you didn't get to watch all of it, but just uh, um, can you comment at all about, you know, we I think we talked about it last week with Sammy, um, about the idea of Tyler Adams running out at right back. Um, did you get to see him in that position at all, and do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I saw a little bit of it. Um, I'm still training myself to pay attention to parts of the defensive uh, game. I'm, I'm getting better at it with Spurs, paying attention to Vertonghen and Alderweireld. Um, he looked comfortable enough. I suppose it's hard for me to cross-reference it with his typical role, which typical as in club level is center defensive mid. Um, but it, it seems like he was relatively comfortable. Seemed like he made some solid tackles. Didn't look out of place. Um, and at least the articles I read afterwards would agree with me, I would say. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he is not in this match. He left, I think. I thought I read that he had to leave. Uh, camp um and go back to uh to rejoin his club so yep i know i uh i I should be a better fan i have like i like i said i have i'm not watching this game now i didn't watch the first one um or the january camp but from what i uh read just like tactically about what berhalter asks from his outside backs is a little different than i guess uh what we've gotten used to um you know watching the premier league uh you know instead of having those those uh, um, outside defenders are, you know, flying all the way up the flanks. Um, it sounds like what he asks them is almost to sink in a little centrally um, on the attacking end, like kind of float inside, which is uh, different. So I wish I uh, have gotten a chance to watch it. But um, I mean, if that's the if that's the case, then I can see why Tyler Adams might be suited for that ask, just because you know he is such a good ball winner and um, uh, able to to play the ball from the midfield spot. So. 
Um, it'll be interesting to see going forward if you know it, it was one game. Uh, if we're gonna see, if we're gonna see that same thing in the Gold Cup this summer, so it's uh, something to watch for sure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it, the talent's there, so I figure as long as these players are getting these young players, as we've highlighted, are, are getting some time on the pitch in the first team. I suppose beggars can't be choosers, right? Right, absolutely. Absolutely. What about uh um uh, again? I know I'm, it's a it's a big ask just off of the amount you got to watch, um. But another defensive ask, uh, you know they they made a big uh, stink, you know, in, on like ESPN and other American sites, you know, three games, uh, no goals conceded for the United States, uh, you know, in this past one, Tim Ream at the middle of that. Did you get to see old Timmy Boy play at all? I did. I saw Timmy Boy play. Um. I think no major errors, but there was one that was – that's not accurate. Just strike what I just said. Uh, one major error, <laughs> and it's it's just one of these moments, and I know Micah's been on the tweet box talking about that, uh, recently retweeted something similar. But one moment during during the match, and that's what's so hard about a defender, right, that, that I've learned is you can you can have a an outstanding match. I think about Juan Foyth. Um, for Spurs, young player, a lot of confidence, but you make just one really bad decision and you're punished for it. And in this case, we weren't punished for it, but Reem turned around and tried to essentially protect the ball against out on the, out on the left flank and turns around and just without thinking passes it and fluffs on it. And there's a, you know, attacker flying in latches onto it and hits it fortunately it was saved but just just one of those moments i think that is part of the reason why you're not the biggest fan jim but where you're just going what are you doing you're damaging your uh, opportunities for your squad so um yeah defensive duties are very difficult because it's highlighted when you make a mistake but he tends to make them on occasion well i feel like uh you know what do you get? What he gets asked to do with Fulham because they they play like uh, you know five defenders with the wing backs uh, a lot of the time and he's caught back in a essentially a three man defense. But for the United States, he's playing in the middle of a, a four man defense. But um, you know it sounds like Burhalter's asking them to be again you know a possession based team play from the back, and that's not what he's asked to do at Fulham. And really, it's not his strength. You know, he's not the defender. He, he's not an, uh, a, a Jan Vertonghen or, or even a Victor Lindelof, you know, um, using some of the examples from our teams. As far as having the ball at his feet, like you don't exactly trust him <laughs> with it there. And so that it, it feels like a square peg in a round hole if that's really what they want to do going forward. I, I am, uh, I'm hoping that it's, you know, it's one of those things that he was trying to bolster the 23s or what, but it, it is a concern long term and really he's 31 right i think so uh, so yep. i mean how how much how much do we really want to invest time and energy into him when we have some other guys like uh like your boy cameron carter vickers uh who should be getting some of that uh that time i think to gel with the team but that's you know i i, I digress uh on that topic because i i've already waxed <laughs> uh, on that quite a bit so it's legitimate though it's legitimate and he happens to be highlighted for us in the at the international level so it, it's warranted i mean he obviously had from everything i read he had a good year coming up from the championship for fulham getting promoted but this year has not been good and you know you look at form right that's something that you draw from and making your selections i don't understand why and to your point he's an older player you wouldn't try out some of the younger folks and get them blooded but again we digress so um yep, absolutely they're tied currently uh level 1-1 currently Pulisic had a goal in this match um which was nice a beautiful through ball by Zardes uh high ball up in the air from the keeper one touch to control it one touch to flick it out in front of Pulisic who was breaking for goal Pulisic does what he does, which is speed ahead, catch up to the ball, and flip it. Just tap it up in the air and bounce it into the net. Uh, got taken out by the keeper, but a nice goal, and then they conceded, I think, shortly thereafter. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Something to keep uh, keep an eye on, and, and maybe we can, uh, we'll can we give an update by the end of the podcast here um, with the final score and whatnot. Not that I'm sure 
anyone who's listening to us isn't already watching. But I, I would think so. Something to keep uh, keep an eye on. Um, absolutely. So he uh, he went off with a knock, right? Um, nothing serious, more just precautionary. Is that what I, I read? That's what Micah was saying. Pulisic. I've only watched uh, a couple of minutes of it, and then I watched the highlight. Uh, they conceded, by the way, fourth minute Pulisic goal, ninth, ninth minute uh, goal for Chile. But yeah, I, it sounds like it's nothing serious. So, um, you know, he can go on playing for Dortmund for the rest of the year, hopefully, and, and goal cup be ready. Awesome. 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 Yeah, man. All right. So, so we'll, uh, we'll come back to the score here a little later. Um, I think we spent, you know, a good amount on U.S. men's national team the last couple weeks. Um, and before we get into, you know, we have the Premier League coming up this weekend. Um, I think that we wanted to spend a little time talking about, uh, a man that we've both enjoyed watching over the years. Um, he's definitely getting hit hard in the press, um, in Spain anyway, um, recently, but, uh, the man we lovingly refer to as the galloping horse, Gareth Bale. <laughs> um, let me uh, let me let you have the the floor here because he did uh, you know originally he's from Southampton but really he got blooded with Tottenham um, he got transferred there in two thousand seven so uh, tell me a little bit about um, what you know about Gareth Bale how you feel about Gareth Bale and like some of the goals you've seen him score um, over the years yeah absolutely so I, my uh, supporter role for Spurs didn't really get intense until about 2014 give or take and that was the year after Bale left for Real Madrid I think he left in the fall of yeah I'm looking it up fall of 2013 um for uh for around 100 million to Real and I did some research and Tottenham got him from Southampton as you said in 07 for 7 million which was a pretty good buy (laughs) for the Welshman um so I, yes. I just I just remember, right, you're looking up. I was trying to familiarize myself with Spurs at that time as I was starting to dive in um, and reading about Luka Modric and Gareth Bale and watching their highlights. Um, Bale just is a freak. Uh, I love your description. Trademark Jimmy Carn, galloping horse Gareth Bale. That's it, really what he was. He was this freak athlete. I remember there was a goal that I've watched uh, from the Champions League against Inter, I think he scored a hat trick that game, but he one of those moves where he just use, uses blistering speed and power to get around a defender. So he taps it out, way out in front, 20 yards, and then just catches up to the ball, runs out of bounds, and goes around the defender. Um, so th- that's a galloping horse move there if, if there ever was one. Um, and it just superior speed, superior strength. He, he looks like a freak athlete. Um, and therefore the galloping horse. But the ones that I think of are the ones where he cuts across to his left, starts out on the right flank, whips it inside one or two touches, and then smokes it into into the corner. I mean, there's a there's a highlight reel out there right now on Twitter um, that shows some of his more ridiculous goals. But yeah, that whip in with his left leg um, from from deep in some cases uh, is pretty pretty impressive. The one that sticks out to me is the the goal against West Ham. Um, where he's like five, ten yards outside of the box, just takes a couple touches, sets himself up, and whips it into the into the top right hand corner, just beautifully. And you see the angle from goal, and it's terrifying. That ball has some serious action on it. So, just a a, a, a really exciting player from what I remember. But you were paying attention when he actually came up, and you know what did you notice about him? So, uh, you know, something that we reference often on the podcast is that in a lot of ways um, uh, we grew up in the FIFA generation, right? So um, sometimes you find out about players in FIFA before you find out about them in real life. Um, And this was true for me for for Gareth Bale. So I remember uh, early on when he came to Tottenham, he was a left back. Um, That's right. He played, he he was an outside defender for Southampton. And he uh, he really didn't fit in well there. I feel like, um, and I, I you know the comparison isn't exact, but like I think about like a player like Marcelo who plays for Real Madrid as well, um, who plays left back, but he's a terrible defender at left back. Like somebody should have moved him as a left winger a long time ago. You kind of see PSG do that now with like a player like Danny Alves who used to be a right back. Now he's playing like right midfield for them. So I mean there are players that you know play that outside defensive position um that do get identified and moved up uh 
um, a common one, a, a common comparison now, uh, and you know this player, uh, Ryan Sessegnon. Yes. Um, for Fulham, a uh, good young player. He uh, plays as an like attacking wing. Uh, he came up as well as a left back. Um, so it's it's interesting interesting to see some of the, the teams take these athletic players and and mold them into uh, in, into positions that fit them better than opposed to like forcing them into positions that don't. But yeah, he came up as a left back. Uh, I remember watching him, like thinking that he was really good. Um, and the, I I really originally started paying attention to him uh, in two thousand six when. He was playing for Southampton. Uh, Alex Ferguson and Man United tried to buy him. Um, for whatever reason, we're scared off by $7 million. Um, it, an incredible value buy for, for Spurs, especially since you guys sold him for you know, $100 million, um, like six years later or whatever it was. So Yeah, world record at the time, yeah. uh, which was helpful. Good yes. job, Daniel Levy. Yes, good job. Absolutely. That's a, a good bit of business. I mean, I can't remember what you guys bought Modric for, but like, all around that same time, I mean, if you if you really like get down to the brass tacks, uh, Bale and Modric probably help pay for half of that beautiful stadium you guys have sitting there now. Um, no doubt, that's that, you know that's a tongue in cheek, but uh, I mean, but it's also real, good man. Bit of business. Absolutely, yeah. That, yep. that that return on investment is huge. Yeah, Bale. I mean, prolific. I'm looking at his stats here. Southampton, one season, forty appearances, five goals. Jumps to Spurs. For six years, 146 appearances, 42 goals. And then with Real, since he's been there, almost the same amount of appearances now, 148, just two diff- two more games with Madrid, 78 goals. So he's continued to to be outstanding, and, and, and he's had some great years with Real Madrid. I think two Champions Leagues or three. Um, and, I mean, you can't ask yeah. a lot more, but the Spanish media is particularly hard on him. I remember ever since he moved over there. Yeah, I think it's uh, you know he came with a lot of like a lot of hype, right? So he was on that Tottenham team that we talked about back in 2010, 2011 that made the round of 16 in the Champions League. Yes, like uh, he was a that was when he was like coming to his full powers. Um, I think uh, 2011, 2013, he was uh, both those years he was the PFA Player of the Year, um, and uh, and UEFA Team of the Year. So he's uh, like. I think that it's easy to forget now just because whatever you want to say about down years, like really, I mean, maybe he hasn't lived up to the hype and that's, that's unfortunate because outside of that, he's been a fantastic player. Like just last year alone, he scored two goals, including a wonder oh, uh, bicycle kick against liver. That was so filthy. And like, it's, it's, it's easy to forget just how, physically dominant he was especially at Tottenham some of the goals like that if you go back and look at highlights of those 2010 2011 2012 2013 those years that he was you know really dominating the Premier League uh just how good he was like he could score from anywhere like he came inside outside uh and he still can be that player I think that he was slowed by injury um and I think that a player of his physical caliber is gonna have that happen but it's not like he doesn't take care of himself. Like um, from what I read, he's even uh, um, he doesn't drink. Uh, kind of like you know, Harry. Uh, we talked about like Harry Harry Kane and Tom Brady. You know, one of those guys that just commits themselves to their body. He's very much like that, and he's only twenty nine. Uh, so I, I think that the you know the we talked about the Spanish media really destroying him. Uh, the hardest part of that is I read that he makes. Like six hundred and fifty thousand euros a week. <laughs> That's insane. That's insane. Yeah. I like that for a couple of years. That's insane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. He. Yeah. He. He's. Uh, I think. I think he. You know. I wasn't around for the hype, but I think he didn't. Didn't. He. He didn't fail to deliver, um, and be a part of quality teams. You know. I mean. You keep in mind too. You've got Cristiano on that squad for most of the time. The service coming in is going to be to, to Cristiano in a lot of cases. Penalties are going to be to Cristiano, um, as it should as it should be. But you got to play against arguably, you know, top two players of all time, uh, maybe one. So I, you know, that's tough. It's a tricky role for him. What do you What do you want to ask of this guy? So, right. Yeah. Well, I think too. Like I think it's I think you know lost on 
some of the shit he's getting this year is that you know, like Cristiano and also um, you know initially Zinedine Zidane they they both bailed on that team on a, like on a sinking ship you know like that ship had already hit iceberg I know they won the Champions League last year but also they finished you know way outside of um, La Liga title um, they were showing SOS signs for a while and so true for you know to lose somebody like Ronaldo who takes that much attention away and place the spotlight squarely on you know Gareth Bale who's the next highest earner you know that attacking player that you're asking that much of um, it's ignoring the fact that the rest of the team probably could have used an overhaul two or three years ago they've just been you know motoring through uh, you know you know how much Real values the Champions League so I think that you know as long as that was happening they were ignoring upgrading their squad and players like Marco Asensio and Isco have failed to live up to you know whatever they were billed for and 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 really it's gonna fall on Gareth Bale because he was bought for so much money the error apparent to Real uh, to Ronaldo and uh, and he's he's never been Ronaldo like he's been a great scorer but he's not you know he's not that guy either and so it was unfair to I think it's unfair um I wouldn't be surprised though if you if you see him in real in at real and again next year just because his wages are just so out of bounds like even I don't even at Man United those wages are out of bounds you know uh, and that's saying something I don't know what British team could afford him right uh and there, there's lots of talk about Oh, what if he comes home to Tottenham? Yeah, not going like, to happen with the wages, all, man. Not a chance. Like, Zero what, chance. What's your like? What, what does Harry make? Because Harry is pretty val like like his deal is pretty <laughs> valuable, right? He only yeah. makes like like what one hundred fifty thousand, maybe two hundred. Like rumors have been yeah yeah, yeah one hundred fifty to two hundred k or uh, yeah euros. So so to take Pounds. like more than a fifty percent pay cut just to come back to to England it. I, no way. I can't see that happening. Completely I, I agree mean, with you. Tottenham or not. So. Yeah, there's a lot. There's plenty of that on Reddit. There's plenty of that on Twitter um, that they're looking at it. And I just don't see it happening. We're, we're in a little bit of a period of, of chill when it comes to spending. Obviously, the last two transfer windows, I think Levy doing that was Mauricio saying, I think we can get by, and Levy saying, all right, good, because – Brexit and this fucking stadium is blowing up cost-wise. And, boy, if we could get through another period, that'd be really great, Mauricio. Thank you. Appreciate it. And then I think they're going to make some splashes, you know, spend 50 mil, um, something like that, over the over this offseason. But they're not going to bring in a, a top level. I mean, there's no way he wouldn't make the most on the team, even if he was to come home. Um, it would be wonderful. Don't get me wrong. It'd be a riot to have him on the squad. I think it, it would add a totally different dimension. You know, you know, a Lucas Mora who hasn't really fully panned out. Um, someone to to be on the other wing across from Son. That would be sure a lot of fun. But you're dreaming. You're dreaming, Spurs fans, if you're thinking that that's going to happen because it just doesn't make sense financially. But at any rate, no. uh, where do you think he will land, Jim? If if he if he ends up leaving, which who knows if he actually will? They've they, I feel like the last couple of years they've talked about it. Um, it's been, it's been some swirl, but they've hung on to him. Do you think he leaves? And if so, where? Well, it makes sense. I mean, I mean, AC Milan, uh, something like that. You know, go to the Italian league, or I don't know. They're gonna have to. They're like he's like. Before, like, before I even guesstimate, like, he's going to have to take a a gross pay cut in wages, and probably he can afford to do that. He's been making uh, essentially, you know, thirty five million a year for the last couple. Uh, no, I'm sorry, like thirty two million, I think, is what that translates oh, to. Poor guy, which is outrageous. <laughs> well, I mean, we just talked. To, I mean, uh, you know, domestically in the United States, we were like everyone was gushing over Mike Trout's, you know, twelve uh, year, four hundred thirty million dollar contract, which essentially breaks down to 35 million a year um richest contract in in you know overall in sports history uh you know gareth bale year to year has been making that for the last couple of years in in real so he's uh, initially he's going to take a pay cut um right. prove it again that having been said right that having been said uh i don't without you know naively stepping into the waters that is brexit you know i read i tried to uh, read a couple articles about you know, what is Brexit really going to mean to the Premier League? 
uh, you know, especially since right now the um, because you know England was part of the European Union, like the movement of players was pretty easy. Like movement of people, border to border was pretty easy, and that won't be the case anymore. Like uh, you're gonna have to have work visas to, if you're a British person outside of England. Um, you know, obviously the reverse of that if you are not. Uh, if you're a European player coming into England, so it's interesting to to talk about ju- not just him, but like other British players playing abroad. Like, you know, are they going to come home if they can't get a visa? Blah 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 blah. I think that it makes sense. Like, if it, pay cut included, if he came back to the Premier League somewhere, and it, it might be somebody like Chelsea or um, or something like that. Um, obviously, Man United had a very public flirtation with him a couple years ago. Uh, but, you know, uh, structurally, this doesn't make sense for us right now to buy a player at 29 years old. That's probably going to cost a lot of money. Yeah, you'd rather have uh, Sancho, so I, right? To, 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 to <laughs> your point, like, uh, yeah, to your point, like, I, I don't think that AC Milan's a bad choice. You know, they've, they've tried to invest a lot of money the last couple of years. Um, looks like they are... Champions League I, I place, believe, I think. Yeah, yeah. Close. So, I mean, if they make a Champions League place, I wouldn't be surprised to see them push for somebody like that. I think that would be good for him. Um, good for, you know, just to get out from underneath the Madrid media. Um, you know, it's not that it's less, not that it's less intense in, in Italy. Maybe it's just less exposure. Right. Yeah, less um, intense is he a does stretch. Have, but he does have, you know, he's... He, uh, he, like personally, he is engaged, and he has three kids that have all spent their entire lives in Spain. Um, it, it's going to be interesting, you know. Like I think that Real is going to have to tell him to leave. Essentially, I don't think that he's going to leave. I don't think he's going to force a move on his own. I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, Makes they're going to basically have to tell him that you know we're gonna we we, we want to shop you. Thank you for your service the last you know five six years. Uh, where do you want to go, and we'll try to make it happen. And I think that's that's the only way he leaves. And also, like, understand that, uh, you know, if a club, like, it'd be one of two things. Uh, they're going to have to rework um, his contract so he makes way less money per week, or the transfer fee is going to have to, like, make up for the fact that he's making a shit ton of money, right? So, you know, maybe AC Milan can get him for, like, 45 50, million yeah. understanding yeah. that they're going to have to take on his yeah take on his contract so we'll see i i i, I i'm bad at the speculation game because i usually am wrong so let's say everybody um, falls into that category jim <laughs> but it's fun though right it, i mean it's always fun to play a uh, fantasy manager if you will fifa fifa career mode right there absolutely no doubt about it all right well i, I right. wanted to make one more mention of how powerful I think England could be as an international squad. Uh, Sterling is playing out of his mind right now. Barkley, uh, there was a pass from Henderson, I think, to um, Kane, and then Kane with a sublime pass forward to Sterling and just bang, 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 goal. Um, Harry ended up scoring that one as well. But, you know, I, I just think that they're a fun, exciting squad at the international level and you don't always describe international squads as as exciting um the the style is certainly different but i think england i don't know i think they've got a lot of potential on on the international stage as a as a top truly you know they hey it shows in the world cup top four semifinal um fourth place i think they are a, a top squad in the in the world uh, that's all I really have to say, but it's just just kind of fun to see. So obviously, I'm biased because I've got Eric Dyer, I've got Danny Rose, um, obviously I've got Harry, I've got Daly Alley. So you know, there's a couple of Spurs players on the squad, so that's fun to watch. But um, good young team. Absolutely. I uh, just to um, drive your point home. I I would like I would tell you right now, just based on you know. Between the players they had from the last World Cup and like some of the up and coming players like you know Jaden Sancho, um, uh, you know you, you continue to see growth from players like Marcus Ra- Marcus Rashford and yeah, I think they're they're in an age right now, they they're in a window where they should be, to me they should be one of 
you know, the top five favorites for the 2022 World Cup, just based on on talent alone. And, you know, it's and they then and not just the talent, but also the results they're showing that they're able to put it together uh, on, a, on a consistent, more consistent basis. Uh, I'm sure that, you know, if I asked any of my British friends, they would just like poo poo the crap out of that because, you know, you know, life is negative being a uh, English national fan. Always. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I, I totally agree with your point. They, they have been very fun to watch and, uh, they have an incredible amount of talent on that squad. It'll be interesting to see how they grow coming into the next World Cup window here. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, next, not this summer, but next summer is Euros, mm-hmm. um, Euros 2020. So they're doing qualifying right now. Uh, um, obviously, England will be fun to watch. Um, personal, uh, personal pride, I am excited to see how the Netherlands continues to grow. Um, so... Yeah, there is always always interesting to follow uh, on the European teams, uh, especially because we watch you know English Premier League, which includes almost all European players. So, no doubt, uh, I agree. All right, all right. So, yeah. speaking of the Premier League, uh, it's coming back, baby. A couple of days. Oh yeah. Um. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll get into you know. We can, without getting too deep into it, we'll, we'll look at all the matches here. Um, let me jump right to the end of the weekend, um, and and I want to bring up a probably the biggest match in all of you know the English Premier League this weekend: Liverpool versus Tottenham. Ugh. Oh, it's it's going to be a fun one. I uh, I know that uh, Helder invited us up. Um, you know, uh, for the podcast, Brian Helder, our friend, the Liverpool friend that was on a couple episodes ago, uh, has invited Bradley and I out to watch that game. Um, I would be a, a neutral supporter, but you know, a game between second place and third place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many, so many tasty matchups. Uh, even you know, our two minute ago conversation, English players, lots of English players on those squads. So, Bradley, how you feeling? How am I feeling? Not great. Not feeling great. Spurs' Premier League form has been masked for some time by some dramatic, beautifully, wonderfully exciting and dramatic, don't get me wrong, goals like Harry Winks at the death against Fulham at Craven Cottage, goals like Fernando Llorente after missing a sitter um, against, gosh, maybe maybe Burnley. I don't remember. But... um, They've just been squeaking by some results really the last month and a half, two months since the turn of the year, and I'm not feeling great about it. Um, Liverpool's feeling good after their Champions League success, but we know that those competitions don't always correlate when it comes to form. You can look at Spurs as an example of that as well, and even arguably Liverpool in some ways, but they're still getting their results. It's at Anfield. I I got mad respect for, for Anfield. The environment there is insane think that the new Spurs stadium which uh, we may get to uh, will will be a rival of that we have the sing- largest single tier stand in in uh, the UK now but it, you got to give Anfield props it is a home field advantage um, the fans there are nuts Liverpool plays well there so I think Spurs will keep it interesting as they tend to last year was a 2-2 draw with Harry scoring a penalty at the death after a Salah goal at the death we thought um that was a crazy match so hopefully we get some excitement like that but I've got uh Spurs dropping all the points here and uh gonna go with a a 3-1 Liverpool victory that is uh that is the pessimist that I love in you (laughs) I mean Uh, you know I like I I understand I understand the the club resources and, and and you know what's available, but when I look at at a fully healthy and I understand that it's that's never the case, especially this time of year, right? You talk about any sport, you know the the last you know quarter of the season, uh, any any sport in the world you talk about, uh, players are just carrying knocks, uh, whether they're major or not. Everybody's a little hurt. That having been said, you know if you guys run out. You know your best eleven that you have. I feel like you guys can take on any team, 
and that's the reason, you know, you guys are sitting in third place right now, and, you know, uh, you're right, you're, recently has been bad form, but before that bad form, you were right behind this team that, that you're playing. You know, Liverpool's in, in second, just on, on game still, right, behind Man City. Correct. So, um, I, like, I think that you guys have an opportunity to to knock Liverpool, you know, out of that, that, that chase. Uh, whether uh, I don't I mean you're, you're right a win would be tough but not out of question but I think that you guys get a tie like I'm gonna go 2-2 tie um, in this game um, that'd be and lovely maybe I'm maybe I'm a little biased because as a Manchester United fan like I don't like Man City like like they like they're they're incredibly beautiful to watch especially recently like they're they're a machine but you know, I don't have any real hatred for them. Um, historically, though, like, like fuck Liverpool, <laughs> like for me. Um, and I would, I would sit here and tell you that for all of my recent frustration with Man City and what they've become, um, I will still tell you every single day, like fuck Liverpool. Like domestically, for me, let me let me, let me put it in this context. Domestically, like I am a U of M fan, and like. You know, MSU sucks. I hate Michigan State very much. Um, but at the end of the day, like, fuck Ohio State, like, for me. You know, whatever happened recently, I don't care, like, closeness, whatever. Like, my rival is Ohio State. Manchester United's rival is Liverpool, historically. there's You know, we sit there at 20, uh, 20 league wins, you know, including 13 Premier Leagues. Um, Liverpool sitting on 18, and... We're, I, I want to keep it that way. My my favorite quote I send it like probably like once every couple of months to to everybody is you know Alex Ferguson essentially saying that um, you know he wanted to knock Liverpool off their fucking perch and and he did and I I love also holding over some of my longtime Liverpool fans. I don't dog Brian too bad because he hasn't been around that long, but my old school Liverpool fans, I love dogging them that they've never won the Premier League. Yep. Like, that's crazy, right? You know, uh, as good as they've been, like, historically, the Giants that they are, they haven't, <coughs> excuse me, that they haven't won the Premier League. I, I, I like that. So I am hoping that you guys knock points off of Liverpool here. I That would make me very happy. Interesting. If I was in your situation, I'd be rooting hard for Liverpool to make sure that Spurs stay down. But I, I would love to see a draw. A draw would be surely exciting, um, satisfying to grab a point since the rest of the squads behind us probably will grab points. Uh, but we'll, we'll have to see. It's going to be an interesting match, and that should be fun to watch it um, with all the boys as well. No doubt about it. Absolutely. So uh, we'll look at a couple other matches here just for – podcast posterity um we can look at the you know uh, on saturday uh main united plays against watford watford is sitting in eighth i believe right now just uh either tied or slightly behind wolves i can't remember um watford's a good squad you know um it is at uh old trafford though uh mm-hmm. i'd like to think yeah, i'd like to think that the international break gave everybody like a mental reset um a physical reset you know I feel for a while, you know, we were riding this wave of emotion of like, you know, fuck Jose, um, and and you know, and everyone was playing well, and and then we, you know, the last two games before the break, you know, we lost to Arsenal. Um, Arsenal played incredibly well, but we lost, and then we lost to Wolves in the FA Cup, and I feel like it it left a bad taste in everyone's mouth. So this will be this will go a long ways for me, really feeling good about Solshire as the coach going forward if we come out and just take care of business on Saturday. Um, and I think we will. Um, I, I'm going to take Man United to win 3-1. Uh, to one. Yeah, I like it. I'll go 2-1 at Old Trafford. That is in your spot on. Watford is one point off of Wolves, uh, even on games. And goal differentials, four goals apart. So both those folks are the best of the rest, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I think that uh, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Watford because I think they've had a couple of good seasons, but I don't feel you know as confident about their upward mobility as I would about like Wolverhampton. Like Wolverhampton seems like a team you know that 
is, like is firmly planted their feet in the Premier League. Uh, but also, you know, if they can keep, you know, bring the band back um, next year, that, you know, they might start challenging, you know, like one of the top six teams, you know, for one of those spots. You know, if one of those top six teams has like a down year, which hasn't really, really happened this year, uh, you know, Wolverhampton might jump up into that top six and maybe even steal one of those Champions League spots. So Absolutely. Um, I could see I it happening. Going forward. But uh, the Wolves play uh, – complete uh, out of form Burnley on Saturday. How do you feel about that? Uh, let's see. That one is at Burnley's place. I forget what their place yeah, is called. At Turf Moor. Turf Moor. Thank Turf you. Turf Moor. Yep. Yeah, so Burnley's going to pack it in. Burnley's going to play their game, play slow, play physical. But I, I don't know, man. I've You look at the United match, um, whoever it may be, they've looked up for the task uh, every time that they've walked out on the pitch this year. Exciting, a lot of goal-scoring potential. So I, I could see him stealing one. I, I could see a 2-1 or a 3-2 for Wolves, um, absolutely. But I'll, I'll probably go with the draw, 2-2. Is there is there a more British team than Burnley <laughs> in the Premier League right now? And their they're manager like, as well, right? Yeah, I mean... It, it like, I mean, I think I've said this to you guys just in passing, but like they're like they're like that really good pub team that you hate to play because you know you're gonna like you know be icing some bruises the next day because they're just a bunch of physical guys um, playing the game. So that's how I feel about Burnley. I like I, you know, Burnley had a great two month run, and I feel like they've kind of come back to earth a little bit. Wolverhampton's been hot. I'm gonna take Wolverhampton here to get the win. Um, at least two one three one uh, going away. So I like it. I like it. Oh, uh, so looking at some of our top six friends here, Man City against Fulham. Uh, <laughs> early game. Saw that. That uh, that one could be very ugly. Oh boy, Tim Ream. Tim Ream. That one's gonna be. I'll say I'll say six to one Man City. Yeah, I like that. I, I'll go five one. Absolutely, <laughs> plenty of goals in it for City. No doubt about that. Yeah. Next one with a. Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, I was going to say next one, um, as far as top six goes, we covered United. Um, so is it Chelsea mm-hmm. at Cardiff? Yeah, Chelsea at Cardiff on Sunday, yep. Yeah, I, Chelsea has, hasn't has fallen too far, right? They've hung around with all of the sorry stuff. They got over that, still getting some results, in, I think in the uh, Euro League as well. Um, so I, I don't know. I would expect Chelsea to get the result, maybe two one uh, against Cardiff, even though they've been playing a little bit better as of late. Yeah, I think you know, um, I think that Chelsea is a little Jekyll and Hyde. Um, they they have had like good runs of form, and then you know they had the Everton game. Not that Everton's a terrible team. They said like Everton hasn't been playing well. Um, but Everton beats them two nothing right before the international break. You know, I I still feel da- like as a United fan that's competing, you know, with, with Chelsea for uh, you know running for that last four spot. Um, I'm still worried about them, uh, and I think that they're going to get the win on Sunday. But I would be I would be surprised, you know, if they if they found a consistent run of form for the last eight games here or uh, seven eight games here. So we'll see. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Yeah, other than that, um, nothing too exciting going on the rest of the weekend. Again, just Saturday and the two matches on Sunday, Chelsea, Liverpool, and Spurs all in action. Um, well, Lester. Well, uh, did you like Did you like how they flexed uh, um, the Newcastle game to Monday against Arsenal? That's right. That's right. Got to watch Miguel Emeron. I, it's, I, it's, it, it's continuing to blow my mind. Uh, you know how much, like, how much at least NBC like, and I'm I'm not saying that the 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 game got moved to Monday or whatever because it's you know Newcastle, but I feel like since Elmeron has been bought, that somehow Newcastle has found its way on the prime games, um, ever since, and there's still a bottom half team that's fighting fighting the relegation zone, so it's it that blows my mind, you know. I think we talked about that. He's he, he's a wonderful player. He came from MLS. I love watching him, um, and it's crazy how Americanized we've made him, considering he's not an American. It's very true. But, 
It's very true, but MLS, it, you know, can't be a bad thing, and he is exciting um, to watch. So hopefully, hopefully that'll be a good match. Hopefully Newcastle gets the dub. That'd be nice. I would love that. Oh yeah, Please. I mean, I would, I would absolutely love that. That would be great for me. <laughs> that would be great. Um. Uh, yeah. Other than that, West Ham Everton. That's kind of a fun one um, at the London Stadium. That'll be a good match. I would expect. Uh, they're they're both decent this year not great not bad yep no yep yep i think west ham is on i mean i I shouldn't say that because it's like every year but west ham seems like west ham and everton seem like the two teams that want to be you know top six teams that like can't get their shit together consistently you know like they spend they spend well they're like they spend lots of money um they just haven't put it all together um by any means very true. So Very true. It, uh, in that sense, it'll be interesting to watch. It, it, um, I am looking forward to, and we want to. Go, we don't have to go like game by game, but like uh, we do have some beautiful, lovely midweek game action um, next week. Um, so outside of our Monday game with Arsenal Newcastle, I'll just mention Tuesday Manchester United um, plays away at Wolverhampton Ooh. again. You know, we were just there a couple weeks ago. Um, you got the loss in the FA Cup, so we're going back, trying to get redemption. Um, other games of note, Tottenham Hotspur playing at home for the at first home. time. Yes. Against Crystal Palace. Yes. On April 3rd. Oh, man. Uh, so that that is coming up. I, I'm excited to see that game on television. I'm, I'm so looking forward to, like, I wish, like, there was an option on the game cast to, like, turn off the announcers and just listen to, like, the stadium noise. Absolutely. And I hope, like... So, and sometimes, sometimes you get like a good commentating crew that that shuts up and like just lets it roll for like a couple minutes, where it's just you just listen to the stadium, and it's beautiful. It's it's one of my, it, it's it's a whole different kind of viewership experience than any other sport I've ever watched. When you know when a, a whole stadium gets to singing, and it's I, I'm I'm looking forward to that. You know, uh, Spurs having a home field advantage again. So. Absolutely, yeah, very very excited for that one. Um, be nice to, to get a W and hopefully st- stick in, in the top four, but more importantly, just to get back home. Um, and like you said, it, it is on NBC Gold, so maybe they'll have a cool camera on there. I doubt it. Uh, that's, not their per- that's not their primary um, broadcast, so it, chances are low, but you never know. Um, just going to be fun to actually see him come home uh, and the fans i know are all excited a lot of people emotional walking into the stadium uh for the u18s match um where they won and kind of debuted the stadium with like thirty thousand people and yep just be good to get home that's for sure no doubt about that other than that midweek wise nothing too exciting but i th- i love that wolves united matchup that's gonna be a great one i'm excited for that it should like again. Um, you know, I I don't feel I, I I didn't feel slighted by the FA Cup loss. Like I was disappointed, but Wolves certainly deserved it. Um, it'll be interesting to see. You know, tactically, um, you know what can we change to like you know counteract some, uh, what they did to us in the FA Cup, um, and and what squad are we gonna run out? Because you know the game's on Tuesday. We play on Saturday before. So um, how are you gonna rotate the team? Keep everybody fresh and healthy and especially since we're coming back from injuries in a lot of cases. So there's lots of intrigue in that one. I'm, uh, uh, I'm looking forward to it because it's, you know, you know, within a couple of days, two very solid opponents, the seventh and eighth place teams in a couple of days uh, time um, could go a long, you know, you know, it could go a long way to our top four chase. No doubt. So it's going to be a big week for us. Very true. So with that said, I think uh, we can move on to rants to wrap things up. You got anything for this week, Jim? Uh, you know, and it's, it's not a rant per se. Um, and I'm not trying to get all weepy here, but, um, I just want everyone that, that has been, you know, part of this for the last couple of months that's been listening, um, to understand just, uh, how valuable Michael has been to this podcast. Uh, he does, um, he does all of the editing. He has a lion's share of, um, of our Twitter work. And, you know, he set up the, um, the couple interviews that we've had. He, he does a fantastic job of reaching out and doing that. So 
Um, while he's not here to stop me from doing so, I just wanted to take a minute to tell him thank you because, you know, I think for um, uh, certainly for me, and I'm not trying to speak for Brad, but, you know, I think that a lot of times we just we just really love enjoy talking, you know, football with you guys. And, and Michael is, is taking that love of talking and turned it into a cool platform. So uh, thank you to Michael. Extremely well said. Fully agree. We uh, we are grateful for the time that it takes to to edit to reach out to folks and uh, we like Mike. There's no doubt about that. Uh, good stuff. So I will just end us with the excitement around the new stadium. It's beautiful. If you haven't taken a look, the giant cock sitting at the top of the stadium. It's a replica of the original um, cockerel that was at White Hart Lane. They actually did. Uh, laser analysis and doubled or no quadrupled its size and remade the sculpture including including a rifle shot dent from one of the players i forget what his name was but he's an all-time great um who took an air rifle and hit it and there was a dent there so they replicated even that every minute detail so the stadium looks unbelievable it's very exciting but more importantly um it's the first step in the process of Spurs being able to compete, in my mind, with the top five um, in the fashion that hopefully they can in the future. Um, so I see Mauricio Pochettino, you know, getting choked up talking about it at halftime of the U18s match and just looking around wide-eyed, just like every other supporter, is a great scene, and I can't wait to get in there. So I will end us with that one. Absolutely, I think that's going to be fantastic. That is certainly on my on my radar for Wednesday next week. Um, you know, as far as like that will be the game that I I, I tune in for. Um, I'm super excited for you guys, and you're right. Like I've, the pictures I've seen, it looks amazing. So it's legit. With that, that having been said, Bradley, this has been fun. Um, but I miss Michael, so hopefully we get him back next week. Um, no doubt, he'll Mike, up Michael. Take us out with it. Mike, take us out with a cool song, buddy. Boom. All right. See well, you guys. no song yet. There will be one, but... I mean, what kind of editor would I be if I have the opportunity to chime in and do not? Uh, yes, I've been very sick. Terrible, terrible sickness. Sore throat. Puking on Tuesday. Today, I'm feeling almost better, but you can hear my voice still crap. And I have diarrhea very badly. <laughs> so that's... Uh, <laughs> That's it for me. Uh, thanks, everybody. Rooster and the Devil. Yay! Rooster and the Devil, this is 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 Rooster and the Devil, Rooster and the Devil, Rooster, Rooster, Rooster and the Devil, Rooster and the Devil, Rooster and the Devil, Rooster, Devil, Rooster, Devil. Rooster, devil. Rooster, devil.